Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2016, and today we are reading in the big book, and we are on page 155, the last paragraph. Um, Today's readers are Esther F. on the 12 Steps, Jane G. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Yolanda F., Janice B., and Maureen M. Our newcomer greeter is Deanna B. And the reference number for yesterday's meeting, Wednesday, October 12, 2016, is 9164. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive eating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps of OA. Press star 1, Esther. Esther, we can't hear you. Press star 1. Okay, is there someone else who would like to read the 12 steps? I'm here, Kathy. I can do hey, that. Janice. Yes, good morning to you and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M. A recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory, and when we when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Janice M. Um Okay, Jane G., could you read the 12 traditions for us, please? Yes, Yes. thank you, Kathy. Good morning. This is Jane G., a compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are by trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Jane G. How our meetings work. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 155, the last paragraph, which begins being intrigued, however. And um, we will read two paragraphs and focus our comments on the second paragraph. And I will ask Yolanda F. to get us started today. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Yolanda F., a compulsive overeater. Being intrigued, however, he invited our friend to his home. Sometime later, and just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. For him, this was a spree that ended all sprees. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely and that that God might give him mastery. One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. He found himself surprisingly well received and learning that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. He trembled as he went about for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. Well, when I read this paragraph, I think of my uh, the last time I did, I went through the, uh, tw- the 12 steps. And um, the the last time I went through the 12 steps, I had really come to my knees, both emotionally, physically, and mentally. I was just a mess. And um, I was an abstinent mess. I had lost the weight, and I was still a mess. And um, I went through this work with a vengeance. And when I got through my um, fourth my my fifth step, I felt this huge weight lifted off of me. And then when I got through my ninth step, it was like fireworks. It was just, everything was just beautiful. It was just wonderful. And the reason it happened like that for me, and the reason I, I, um, I worked it so strongly, because I was so miserable, I just wanted to get better. And I was told that if I worked this just the way it was described in this book, I would. So I went to every person, and I didn't. I didn't waste time this time when I did it. I, I went to. I went to grave sites, and I, I wrote notes, and I buried them. I, I, I found. I found people that I needed to speak to, and um, every time I, I did an amends, because that's what we're talking about here. Is just um, getting rid of the rest, the last piece of getting rid of. And every time I, I made amends, I felt better, but most of all, I felt closer to God. I felt I felt the weight being lifted off of me. I felt um, this was a, I felt spiritually changed. And um, as a result of that, 
my life did change, and today I continuously do um, work like this, make sure I get to deal with whoever I have to deal with, whatever I have to deal with, at the time I have to deal with it. And I don't, and I make sure I don't carry anything around because I know I can't afford to do that. And um, and and that's it. That's all I have. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yolanda F. Okay, who would like to share on the second paragraph? Yolanda read. Janice G from Boston. Katie. Okay. Janice M. Melissa C. Katie G. Who else? Carrie G. Lynn S. Was that Mary G.? Carrie. Carrie G. Carrie. Carrie G. Larry. Larry K. Carolyn S. Carolyn S. H. Carolyn S. H. Okay, let's stop there. I have Janice M., Melissa C., Katie G., Lynn S., Carrie G., Larry K. and Carolyn S.H. Okay, Janice M., please get us started. Yes, thank you so much, Kathy K. Janice M., Recovered Compulsive the Eater. Okay, one morning he took the bull by the horn. Now, I'm going to give a definition that I have of the bull by the horns, and it's to do something like something very difficult, very challenging, you know, to forcibly attack a difficult situation, which means that includes actions. But if we notice the line that was before this, God, God might give him mastery. Because we have to remember that we lack the power to do this. And without a higher power, whom I choose to call God, I can't do it because I can't rely on myself. You know, I can't conquer fear. I just can't. I know that my higher power through through my experience is not going to remove all kinds of fear in my life, but he's going to get me through the fear. And this is what the secret of this was for me, was, you know, I could trust a higher power, you know, because that fear is in that sick mind is blocked by that. The, my mind was blocked by fear. My mind was blocked by guilt, and this, and my mind was blocked by shame. And that's with Dr. Bob here. He was a physician. You know, he found himself surprisingly, which means, my goodness, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing it. And, you know, I love the fact that he is a physician, and he's stepping into his car to make the rounds of people he had hurt. Well, we know that doctors physicians make the rounds in hospitals to to help to help the their patients now he's on the other end he's making the rounds to to um you know make his amends to people that he had hurt and uh it's just a wonderful lesson for us to know that this is the action and then we will see the results and I have experienced those same results with the next paragraph, the, what the results, what the goal was for, for this action. And who brought him through this? Not Dr. Bob, not, Dr., not Bill, but God. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Um, Melissa C., please go ahead. 
Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovers, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, to me, when I when I read this and hear it, um, this is the definition of willingness. You know, doing the things that you don't want to do, you know, wanting and willing are two very different things. And that was, you know, explained to me um, when I was going through the steps because I would say and, and come upon things that I really didn't want to do. And, um, you know, and this is this is what it means to be willing. Um, because, surely I didn't want to go and humble myself and, and, and make those direct amends. I liked doing the living amends. I could tell myself, well, I'll just change. And I won't have to, like, own up. I won't have to say it squarely. I won't have to say the hard thing right to people in their face. And, you know, while living amends are important, um, they weren't enough. For me, I needed to, to really address the people that um, that I that I owed a, a direct apology to, and and not just an empty apology, but like you know um, words that and, and proof that I was going to make some restitution. And um, you know, the other thing is um, that to think, you know. People didn't really know, you know, that just how sick I was. You know, he was he was worried that um, he was gonna, you know, sour his reputation um, because, after all, maybe people didn't really know. And he was surprised, you know, to find out that uh, yeah, everybody knew. And um, you know, it just sort of brings a, a, a smile to my face because that's self-deception, you know, and, and I certainly lived in that land of deceiving myself um, because at over 300 pounds, um, did I really think that people around me didn't know that I was sick, you know, didn't know that I was a mess, um, that I was, you know, cut people off, stop talking to people, um, you know, avoid situations. Of course I was sick. Um, you know, and the other thing is, we were told we have two alternatives. You know, if you are really up against the wall with this disease and you're at your end, you have two choices. One is to go on to the bitter end, blotting out all consciousness with your drug. Or the other one is to um, get recovered and anything, you know, my recovery means I will do anything at any cost just so I can have um, mastery. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. KDG, please go ahead. Hey, Kathy, can I be heard? Yes. All right, sorry. Let me just get my timer. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is KDG, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, calling in from Boston. Um, just like a FYI, I know you guys know this, but I get super anxious, so I just have to say it any, anyway. Let's, like, not forget that he went through steps one through nine. So, like, anybody who's sitting there on the line and they're like, I got to go, I got to go, I'm not abstinent, but I got to go, don't go, don't go, please just stay with us for a little bit. Um, because the reason I do steps one through nine is so that I have a really strong connection with God and know the exact nature of my wrongs. Um, I've been through the steps many times, and I've um, made many, many amends, um, and I guess, you know, what this really meant to me today is that it isn't about me feeling better, right? It's about me doing a couple things, restoring your reality. Um, last year, I had to go to my 
office um, with money in hand after reviewing with someone who is in my profession what a way to make amends um, would be without me sacrificing um, my license, my future, um, potential jail time. So what was discovered is a way to make amends without doing further harm. Um, and I was able to do that and I was quite scared. Um, but what happens when we start moving forward with those amends and we hand people back their reality, like I, I can settle into my body, I can be alone and at perfect peace and ease, I can look the world in the eye, all those fifth step promises, right, because I'm not living a double life. And I am telling you, I was sharing it with one of our recovered fellows on the line last night, it is a miracle. I show up to work today, I'm asked to do things, I'm an average employee, I was given a 70 cent raise, like I'm not lying at work, it is um, unbelievable what I'm able to do um, and it's because of this amend process but again um, it also I wasn't well received with everybody it took me three years to make an amend to my mom um, but you know it, it was about showing up and and honoring her right like it's death of self for successful living so it's like I I harmed you and and I can imagine I can't I can imagine how you must feel right now to be face to face with me and um, to be able to live with perfect peace and ease around other people um, and to have this language um, to not apologize as a previous speaker said this isn't about going around and being a good person this is about I have two choices right because if I don't restore the harm I promise you as my first AA sponsor taught me eating will be a step up because those lies, you want to call it denial, fine. It's delusional thinking. You, I am deluding myself thinking that this is not harming me. And lie by lie by lie, ultimately eating is a step up. And we don't have to do that today, thank God. So I'm grateful to be here, grateful to be a member of this uh, meeting and OA. And uh, we'll continue to show up, God willing, one day at a time, walking shoulder to shoulder. Thank you, KDG. Lynn S. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive reader from Toronto, Canada. There's a couple of things that strike me in this, and it says one morning. And But if I'm remembering the history correctly, and, and I, I may not be, but I remember that uh, Dr. Bob had been on the bender and that Bill had given him a couple of beers to straighten him out so that he could perform his and then, as I recall the facts, anyway, he didn't come home from the hospital, and Ann and Bill were worried, thinking that he was out drinking, but that was when he was out making these amends, if I have the story right, anyway. And it, it just struck me, you know, what what strength and what, um, you know, when you have that God moment and you get that clarity and then you sort of go out and do what needs to be done. And it reminds me, of, I, I'm currently going through the steps again, and I'm I'm coming up to nine, and it says he told those he feared what his trouble had been. And I was just thinking about when I had made amends before, most of the people had known me when I was in the disease and I had carried an extra 140 pounds and then, you know, I was making the amends so they, they knew that I was a compulsive reader. maybe not the terms, but they knew I had a problem with food, but they didn't understand the emotional aspects of it and those violent mental twists that we have because... I didn't know either. They just thought that was my personality. So it was wonderful to be able to explain to them, you know, that that uh, being a compulsive overeater meant that I had these 
violent mental twists and things, and I misunderstood or made me act the way I did. I'm not expressing myself clearly because I'm thinking now I'm coming up on step nine again um, and going to people that I worked with who, who have never known me any heavier than I am now. They know I eat weird, I must admit. They do know that, but they don't know that. And and <clears throat> telling them that I am a compulsive overeater and that meant that I thought like this and it caused me to do such and so or those those thoughts. So it's it's a it's a whole different realm of making amends for me this time, but I am so grateful to be part of vision and to be listening to this. It's gonna bring a whole new dimension to me to it, telling people who never knew I had an issue with food that this caused me to act that way or this is why I acted that way. So it's, it's something new to think about. Um, and I just appreciate the opportunity because it is it is so, it, it, this recovery, working the steps this way gives me a weight and depth to my recovery that I never had before and I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. And Carrie G., please go ahead. Hi, this is Terry G, compulsive overeater. Um, you can hear me, right? Yes, I can. Thank you, Terry. Okay. Um, in the beginning, where it says um, he was intrigued or being intrigued, what came up to me was now this is of course by the fourth step, but um, you know when I came in, I was far more than intrigued. I was at my wit's end. Um, and I think as we move forward, um, I'm motivated, motivated less than, you know, the old saying, when you get in enough pain, you'll make changes. Well, that's kind of what I thought of him doing this. He got in enough pain to move forward and, uh, you know, do his amends. I have to face my problems squarely. Um, and as Katie said, right now I'm not on that step. Um, but as I make those amends, um, or as I prepare to make the amends, um, right now I simply need to focus on my reality and what has brought me here. Then God will give me the mastery. I really like that line in there. Um, and that for me is through the steps. And, um, Right now, for me, that's steps one and three. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Uh, thank you, Terry G. Larry K., please go ahead. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Uh, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The, um, you know, uh, Dr. Bob, he, he was, he was, uh, you know, he was involved with the Oxford group. The Oxford group, you know, was about taking some action. I mean, they didn't have the 12 steps like we have today, but it was about taking some action. He didn't take those actions. He went to those meetings. He was involved. He prayed. He did, you know, I've read about some of the things he did. Um, but he didn't take the actions of looking, you know, examination, uh, of his uh, of his character flaws and some form of confession, you know, like we have in a step five, and certainly the, the you know the big part of restitution, making restitution for harms done. He didn't do any of those things. This time, with some grit and resolve, 
he was he he's going about taking some action. You know, the the cool thing about the steps is they don't give a rat's bleepity bleep what we think about them. They don't care what we think about them, only that we do them. And, you know, spirituality is not something that Dr. Bob just possesses because he wants it. It's something that unfolds over over a lifetime by taking the proper action. First, he had to concede who and what he was. He had to understand his problem, and Bill brought that to him. And then based on that knowledge, he had to, um, lack of power, that was his dilemma. He had to access a power, and there was a way to access a power to show the resiliency to take the actions. You know, so, you know, that's what we're reading here in the the paragraphs. Um, In these paragraphs is to suggest that he was taking some action. He had to do some preliminary work. So I agree, you know, I first came into OA and I, I wanted to go out and make amends because I wanted relief. And you know when I, want, when I wanted the relief? I wanted it now on my terms. But, you know, now, you know, I would suggest that we don't get stuck on the words in this book, this big book that we hold in our hands. We just focus on the experience that it points us towards because that's what's going to lead us to taking the action. It's all about action and change, action and change, action and change. And God effectuates that change. We just take the action. We chop our wood, chop our wood, chop our wood. And God effectuates a change in us. So that's, uh, you know, this program is a beautiful program. It does result in change if you do the work. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay and Caroline S.H. Please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H. in uh, Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive eater. Um, and you know, on page uh, 76, oops, I'm going to set my timer. On page 76, at the beginning of uh, steps 8 and 9, um, one of three places in the big book, it says, um, uh, now we need more action without which we find Faith without work is dead. And um, that exact phrase is said uh, in step five, in step nine, and step 12. Um, those are the places I know of. And um, this paragraph that we've read this morning um, is an illustration of that, it, it, uh, an illustration of the action and the work. Um, I first heard this story or was conscious of hearing the story of Dr. Bob getting in his car and making the rounds this way um, by a, in a, um, a podcast that I listened to from a, an old AA speaker. Um, and I, w- I just stopped in my tracks when I heard it. And I, it is so opposite of what I had been doing in my step nine. So after doing um, steps one through eight um, a couple times, actually three or four times in my life, and then not doing nine, uh, for decades um, out of fear um, and just hearing that you could just get in your car and go do it, um, it was just phenomenal to me and uh, this last time I had a um, so I, I've had a list of uh, leftover uh, amends that were left um, and I'm going to pick out three words from this paragraph someone else already mentioned them um, uh, he set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. And 
um, I had on my list people that I really feared, like abject terror, um, people in my family. Um, and and I got to say, some of it for good reason, because I grew up in a really scary household, right? Um, and what I've uh, recently done, I have a minute left, and I'm going to try to say this quickly. Um, I just woke up, and I'm talking really recent, um, after after like working through the wording, going over all my amends with one or two or more sponsors and knowing what I was going to say, um, it, just realizing a lot of that it was just hemming and hawing and stalling cause, out of fear. Um, so like last week, a few days ago, I just woke up and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm doing this. And I, I felt um, the power of higher power, just, you know, do it. And I just, I'm knocking off all my amends. And um, I have one more today. I'm going to do my sister today. And that was one of the really scary ones. Um, and I'm not afraid. And um, and the one I, uh, one that was, my time's up, and I'll just say this quickly, that um, one I did to one of my brothers, one went beautifully to one brother, and another one, um, he attacked me. And I have to say, there was no harm done. Like, God protects. So I got yelled at, whatever. And and the content of what he said was true. So, um, you know, the, and, and the freedom I'm experiencing is just phenomenal. So, um, and again, I'll just say, this is after doing steps one through eight, very systematically. Um, okay, that's that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? Would anyone like to share? Harlan G. Okay, Harlan. Anyone else? Valerie B. Valerie B. B is a boy. Tina S. I heard someone else. Who else did I hear? Okay, I have Harlan G., Valerie D., and Tina S. Anybody else? Okay, Okay. Uh, could everyone please mute? Um, I hear a lot of background noise. Thank you. Go ahead, Harlan G. Okay, thanks. Thanks for your service. Uh, Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Sam Shoemaker, who was the pastor at the Cavalry Mission in New York City, he was the point man for the Oxford Group in New York. He taught the people there that there were four impediments to God. An impediment is something that slows or stops progress. And the four impediments to God are one, a resentment that you will not let go of. Two, a secret that you will not tell. Three, a vicarious thrill that you will not stop. And four, a restitution that you will not make. And so vital is this concept of restitution in the Oxford group that it was stressed again and again and again. And until Dr. Bob was willing to take that action to make that restitution, nothing could happen in his recovery. He was just dieting with group support, and we saw what happened between Mother's Day when he, he meets Bill Wilson 
and he goes on a roaring bender in Atlantic City in June of 1935. He goes around Akron making his amends, making his restitution, and lo and behold, he never has to drink again until, his, until he died. He, he remains sober. But what did he need to do? What did he need to do? He needed to rely on step two. And he needed to rely on step 10. And why he needed to rely on these things was because in making amends, he says fear. It says fear. Emotions are going to come up. And the biggest mistake I made in Overeaters Anonymous, and I made it a couple of times, was I was trying to go out and make amends and not do anything about the anger, the fear, the jealousy, the guilt, the shame, and the remorse that were coming up inside of me as I went about making these amends. And, of course, the only relief that I could seek out was in the food. When I started relying on step two and I started relying on 10 and 11, those emotions were lower and I could move forward and I never found, I haven't found it necessary to compulsively overeat in 17 years. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan G. Um, <clears throat> Valerie D., please go ahead. Hello. Please, Valerie. Okay. Hi, this is Valerie B. Uh, thank you so much for your service. And um, you know, I was thinking about these passages as we were reading it this morning, and I was thinking I was so grateful that for the past year, you know, reading, I've, I've been with with you all in this program and have had such uh, been taught so much from the Big Book, and um, I I feel that my name could be written like it could have been written to me personally, and. Um, I think that it deals with the the crux of the matter of addiction, and I think our addiction is is the food, and it is a solution. It's not necessarily a problem, but it's our solution to life. And I think the thing is is that if we what what you all are teaching me is that if I deal with these areas in my life that are out of whack through the steps um, that I can be brought into conscious contact with God and I'm learning how to deal with other people in in, in, in proper relationships and own my part of this, you know, own what my part is and not just blame everybody else for my problems and my reactions. It, it's changing my life. I mean, it's totally changing my life. And every time I read more and more um, with you guys, I see more and more that more action that I need to take in terms of, um, you know, clearing away more wreckage. And um, when I was in a different uh, division of OA, you know, I did this huge fourth step that was so tedious and so um, gut-wrenching um, that I thought, I, like, I'm never doing that again. But this time, you know, when I've done the steps, 
uh, when I've done my fourth step and, you know, make amends, I realize that it's a lifetime process, not a one-time deal. It's, it's going to be a lifetime process, but, and I still get frightened, but, but it, it's my higher power, you know, you know, my creator, um, you know, is leading me through it. And it, it, yeah, it's scary, but it, I get such peace out of it. And um, and the compulsion really is removed, you know, removed. And, and good things are coming into my life, you know, through the implication of these steps. And um, with that, I just want to thank you all, and, um, and I pass. Thank you, Valerie D. Tina S., please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida really like what was shared that, you know, there's work to be done, steps one through eight prior to, you know, going out and repairing the damage. And, you know, I was uh, taught early on that, you know, I just become willing and God presents the opportunity. And and that was my experience because initially when I got sober and abstinent, I was on a mission by the time I got to step nine and I had moved to Florida. So I got a plane ticket and was going back to Pennsylvania. And I had a list of all this stuff I was going to take care of. Well, needless to say, I guess God didn't think I was ready to do this, and, and I wasn't able to make not one amends when I was there. So when I come back, you know, I over the years, I've I've had the opportunity to really repair the damage, and uh, and I also like what was shared. You know, today I could go anywhere, and, and I can look the world in the eye, you know, and I don't have to be afraid of who I am, you know, because one day at a time, through the 12 steps and spiritual experience and the psychic change, you know, I am slowly but surely becoming the woman God would have me be and, and what a gift and what a gift and, and you know what a great meeting you know and uh, and I also like what we shared you know God gives me this stuff so that I God might give him mastery and that's what happens God God sets the stage and I you know and I just take the action without a pass thanks thank you Tina S okay I'm going to now ask Janice B to read the next paragraph please Um, good morning. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning. This is Janice B. I think I hear an echo. i got to change this. Hold on. A page, please. Page 156, the second full paragraph. Thank you. Begins at midnight, he came home exhausted. Janice B., are you there? Janice? Okay, I'm wondering, Maureen M., are you there to read this paragraph? I am. I'm here. Janice B., are you there? Or Maureen M.? Maureen M. is here. Could you read for us, Maureen? At midnight, he came home exhausted, just that one paragraph? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, My name's Maureen, um, recovered compulsive eater from New York. Grateful to be here. At midnight, he came home exhausted but very happy. 
he has not had a drink since. As we shall see, he now means a great deal to his community, and the major liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. Um, After my ninth step, I was exhausted, but very peaceful. Um, I knew that some had not gone well, and I had to accept those consequences for now. I wasn't sure whether that would ever change, and I had to turn that over to my higher power. And some went really well, and I was grateful for that. But more importantly, I walked through the door, and I knew I knew at that moment that I I was going to receive the promises of this program if I continued to practice the 12 steps. And it was only when I cooperated with a power greater than myself that that happened for me. I don't worry about the past, and I don't worry about the future. I get a daily reprieve contingent upon my spiritual condition. That means I have to be aware. I have to practice 10, 11, and 12. If 10 is, if I'm not sure about 10, sometimes I have to go back, do a mini fourth step on something, and of course, share it with somebody and um, look to steps six and seven. And of course, go over the steps and be willing once again, to work with my higher power, uh, to live a life of spirituality. Um, He must feel great about meaning a great deal to his community, and that's where the promises begin. Uh, Major liabilities of hard drinking have been repaired. He had to keep trusting. He had to make a decision every single day that he was going to work with his higher power. He was going to make a decision to turn his will and his life over to the care of God as he understood God. And he was going to continue doing that through steps 10, 11, and 12, especially those three. Um, At least that's the way it's been working for me. Um, I have to live in those steps. Sometimes I'm willing, and i got to admit, sometimes I'm not. And I suffer those consequences. I suffer those consequences when I'm not willing. Um, so I pray to God for the willingness. And I pray to be honest and open at all times. Am I perfect? <laughs> no. I'll never be perfect. And I have to be perfectly imperfect. That's why I need a higher power. Um, everything that happens to me, mistakes, setbacks, um, as long as I don't pick up and remain abstinent, can be dealt with, maybe corrected, I'm not sure, um, but always hopeful if I work as my higher power in 10, 11, and 12. Um, some of those things don't come right away. I'm a human being. Sometimes, you know, character defects get in the way, and then i got to go back. i got to go back to the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh and talk about what it is, what's the deep-seated stuff going on here that I can't do this, that I'm not willing to do this, and clean that can out. Trust God, clean house, 
help others. It's really very simple, and I think Dr. Bob had had a handle on this. I also love the fact that he struggled, because this is not easy. But we have to do it, doing it, practicing it, progress without perfection, because there's no such thing, no such animal. And the minute I make peace with that, I'm good to go. And then I go and help someone else. That's the only thing that keeps me on the right path, is helping someone else and working with God to do that. Thank you for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you, Maureen M. Who would like to share on this paragraph Maureen read? Nancy R. Nancy R. Who else? Penny C. Penny C. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with those two. Go ahead, Nancy R. Hi, I'm Nancy R. Do you hear me? I can. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Good morning, everyone. I am Nancy Allen. I am a grateful, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. And what really stands out in this uh, paragraph for me is the the fact that it said his major, the major liabilities. It didn't say all of his liabilities, but the major ones were removed and had been repaired. And uh, and, uh, it it uh it tells me that uh um, i'm you know i'm in the process of uh finding more and more about myself i did a 10 step with my sponsor yesterday and i got in touch with some areas in my life that i need to ask god to help me remove it's an ongoing process and uh i'm really excited when i find out uh what's happening uh, with me that's causing me uh, disease, um, a feeling, uh, you know, of uh, of anything that's bothering me. I need to find out what's, ha- you know, why am I feeling this way? And the whole process helps me to understand that it's something internal, something really inside, not always uh, the surface issue that appears to be going on. So it's a process of constantly finding uh, more and more about who I am, how I operate, and uh, it's a it's it's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. When I peel back one layer of the onion, something else is exposed, and it, it's real. You know, life is really a journey. It's a journey, and we live it as we go. And what a uh, how I'm grateful to be uh, walking this journey, living this journey in recovery. Uh, I thank God for Ovidus Anonymous. I thank you for letting me share. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Nancy R. And Penny C., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, every all my fellow uh, compulsive overeaters here. Um, this this paragraph is very, very meaningful to, to all of us, uh, to me, for sure. And it's that this was... Um, Dr. Bob's um, beginning of 15 years till he died of of sobriety, and that was June 10th. And so AA celebrates June 10th. And from what I've under, what I understand, that the weekend of that that date 
um, Akron, Ohio comes alive with al- alcoholics celebrating what they call AA's birthday. Uh, and so um, Dr. Bob never drinks again. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't need to. He's got the steps. He's got his higher power. And I think about Bill, um, Bill W. Now, this is six months that he's been um, working with other alcoholics, trying to get other alcoholics on board. And Dr. Bob becomes his first protege who becomes sober uh, for good. And so what a celebration, you know, of course, Bill didn't realize it right then that Dr. Bob would, would go on to to stay sober. And there, there then is what AA celebrates as the birthday. So I just think this, this is such a momentous occasion, June 10th. Um, if that hadn't happened, if Dr. Bob went out and drank and Bill got discouraged again, you know, who knows what would have happened to AA, to OA, and uh, I'm just so grateful, <coughs> excuse me, to Bill and Dr. Bob because I don't know what my life would be like today without that that happening. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. We have time for one more share. Who would like to take that? Renee C. Okay, good, Renee. Go ahead, please. Thank you so much, Renee C. Grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you for your service. Thanks to all who shared and read. So he came home, Dr. Bob, exhausted but happy and has not had a drink since. And um, I love this part. The liabilities of 30 years of hard drinking have been repaired in four. That gives me a tremendous amount of hope. I've been through the steps many times in my sobriety and in my relapse, and uh, certainly not working the steps in my relapse. But I certainly did know that feeling of exhaustion and that feeling of relief and that feeling that so much had been lifted. Um, I always share that I did a ninth step, eighth and ninth step, with my mother and my father before they became ill and passed away. And I just had so much gratitude. That was a huge thing to do. I was very fearful. But I prayed, and this is upcoming for me because I'm just going through the steps again using the Big Book way, um, working on my first step. I pray that when it comes time for me to do an eighth and ninth step, that I have the willingness to get those fears to my higher power and to make the amends that I need to make so that I can ensure that I will do steps 10, 11, and 12 and not pick up the food again. And um, really struggling, I need to do a step 10 today, so (laughs) I will take care of that. And an 11 and a 12, I've done the 11 already and continue to do it throughout the day and the evening. So with that, I will pass, and thank you so much. Thank you, Renee C. Uh, It's now time to close the meeting, and I want to thank everyone who has shared. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janice B., can you read us a vision for you, our book, and to be suggestive only? Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Kathy. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.